Hi, I'm Whitney, and this is Brandon, and we love to tell true crime stories. We've got a lot of opinions and absolutely no qualifications, so welcome to... All right, well, today I have a 1950s caper for you. Okay. Yes, I'm very excited, like a 50s caper, say. <laughs> you like my little cigar? Say, say. Say, say. Okay, so... Um, in today's episode, this heist was carefully planned and executed, and uh, in total, over $30 million, like in today's money, wow. was stolen. And it was considered at the time the crime of the century. $30 million. It is. I feel like you're going to really like this one. Yeah. Uh, I'm super excited uh, to share it today. So, Brandon, what are you bringing to the podcast today? Funny you should ask. I got a fun little game we're going to play. Ooh, okay. I love There's fun games. There's four questions. Oh, boy. All right. Okay, I'm ready. It's going to be a game of what kills more people per year. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm ready. So I believe this is on average. But uh, so the first one's going to be roller coasters or champagne corks. What the fuck? Yeah. I want to say roller coasters, but champagne corks feels like the underdog. Okay. Champagne corks. Correct. What? Champ- 24 people per year. Champagne courts. They can travel up to 55 miles per hour, which is... Oh, shit. Yeah, so that thing is flying. It beam you in the eyeball, and the next thing you know... It's bad news bears. Bad news bears. Beers. Beers. Okay, what's my next one? All right. Hot air balloons or just plain old regular balloons? The basic bitch of balloons. Mm, the basic bitch of balloons, because I feel like that might be like a choking hazard for kids and pets. <clears throat> yep. Correct. You're killing it on average 17 people per year. No, that's balloons are killing it per year fact, but go on. <laughs> that's right. All right. Sharks or vending machines? Oh, vending machines. Because I'm just picking the one that sounds like least like it because people try to shake that shit, which I get. They each fucking dollar or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you if stick you your arm. Trying to skip me on some lays, bro. Yeah. I'm fiending for him. I'm... Shoulder Doing checking. nothing illegal. I'm shoulder checking the machine and yep. then probably dying. So. Well, it's not great. Remember we played uh, whatever that game was, the Jack of the Box game? That was one of the answers was like, what did somebody try to oh, yeah. open up a vending machine with? And it was a forklift. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, this next one might throw you through a loop. Okay. Toothpicks or pens? Ooh. I'm going to say toothpicks because I feel like, especially living in the Midwest, you're wrong. Fucking everybody. What? Everybody's got a Everybody's goddamn got a toothpick in yeah, their mouth. But pens, man. People die. Uh, well, people die. A hundred people die. Okay, but how? From choking. Which like I don't the, know why you're do you sucking on a fucking pen. Oh, like <laughs> playing like in your mouth. You never chew on a pen or like the pen cap. Uh, I did that more as a kid, and I just would never share like a pen that someone, like a chewed on pen with someone, but. I feel like a pen cap popping off in your mouth, maybe. Yeah, something. I don't know. Which is wild because I also feel like, um, whatever, like in exciting movies and shows, and they're like, this person can't breathe. Let's give them a tracheotomy with a fucking pen. pen. Bow! <laughs> and like, live that by the pen, die by crazy. the pen. The first yeah. time I saw that, I remember being like, oh, and learning about, that is wild how you have to open up somebody's airways. Well, not you. I mean, like a doctor. I don't think they would I be like, Brandon, we're on a flight. I think if you're in... A situation somebody knows about that and they're just like he can't we got to just stab him that baby okay i'm so sure that's happened i'm sure somebody that knows nothing about it just fucking probably i have heard that's an issue actually with like epi pens yeah. um so for a while i thought i had an allergy and i had an epi pen that's not what it was but um people were like oh should we stab you in the heart with it and it's like no because uh what's that movie pulp fiction yeah they put adrenaline in her heart yeah to wake her up right which not this i don't know if epi, what's in an epi pen epi material but anyway no you like do it in somebody's thigh but yeah. then i was like oh there's so many dum-dums out here and i probably would have been one of them that know so i w- also would yeah. have done it for okay sure. well 100 you know but someone you know. yeah don't stab someone in the heart with an epi pen the thigh the thigh or they'll die. <laughs> <laughs> they'll die. They'll <laughs> die. Um, I thought you were right. getting. I thought you were trying to come up with a pun. I wasn't. Mm. I just was being dumb. Yep. <laughs> All right, so let's hop into this caper. Um, that was a fun game, and also I really the pen one. I thought toothpicks for sure. I feel like at one in five men out here currently has a toothpick in their mouth. Driving with a toothpick, you get a little fucking 
little fender bender. But it's not going to obstruct it your airway. right down your pipe. What? No, but it'll down stab your you. Pipe. Well, yeah. That part seems They're bad. They're sharp, man. You swallow it. <gasps> and then you it's can in your breathe fucking around lungs. it. I mean, I, I, I don't know. In your lungs. I mean, I guess it could get to your Anything lungs. can get to your lungs if you breathe in deep enough. Yeah, with that attitude, they can. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, so for last week's episode, we talked, we were in our like our old timey machine, and we hopped back to the eighteen hundreds. Like, right. where are we going now? Back in the Delorean, friends, we're going to the nineteen fifties. So, the date is January seventeenth, nineteen fifty, and we are at the Brinks Building in the north side of Boston. Now, this is like the same Brinks security firm that you see now, like with their armored trucks and carrying their bags and whatever. Yep, there's just one Brinks. There's just one Brinks. Yeah, one Adobe, one Brinks. Yes. Um, okay. So it's 7.30 p.m. and the location's closed and there's just a handful of employees left and they're finishing up their daily activities. So that's like putting all the bags that got delivered into the vault. That includes cash and checks and other securities. And so there's five employees that are doing this activity. Okay. So while they're closing up, five men sneak up on the Brinks employees and they are wearing disguises. Um, so they have on costumes uniforms kind of like what the Brinks employees wear with a few extras. So according to FBI.gov, all of them wore Navy type pea coats, gloves, and chauffeur's caps. Each mm. robber's face was completely concealed behind a Halloween type mask. To muffle their footsteps, one of the gang wore crepe soled shoes and the others wore rubbers. Okay, so I'm gonna show you a picture of these Halloween masks. Um, because I'm so glad you have pictures. Yeah. Uh, also, um, if you're listening to this podcast, you can check out our YouTube channel, Criminally Unqualified. Oh, yeah. We'll have the pictures up for you guys to see uh, over there. So these were, the caption in this article said, Captain Marvel mask used as a disguise in the robbery. Um, so let me just show. Who did it? Captain Marvel. This. Oh, oh my God. Initial reactions. Terrifying. Terrifying. Um, okay, so these eyebrows, they are like I'm going to be fucking... honest, from this angle, it, you pulled it up and it looked a little like Michael Jackson. I put that in my comments! <laughs> Here's what, I, this is like my, <laughs> here go. are my notes. Okay, I said, okay, so uh, if you Is that what just, they were going for? Who who robbed the bank, Michael Jackson? Well, this is 1950, so no. Oh, well. But, <laughs> uh, okay, so we're talking, they have like super thick eyebrows uh, it looks like lipstick. I know it's in black and white, so I would like to see this in color, but I feel like it's not much Fun better. Fun fact, I can throw this on the computer and color restore it. What? Yeah. Will you be using Adobe? Adobe of Adobe. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So uh, this was how I said. I said it is a cross between an 80s smoker mom, a drag queen still getting the hang of her makeup because we are serving like cheekbones and contour, just like not great yet. We need yeah. more practice. And Michael Jackson, but not the early years. <laughs> Yep. Oh, that's great. I feel like very accurate. Very solid. The, the 90s smoker mom? Or no, what would you 80s say? 80s smoker 80s mom? 80s smoker mom? Really she, any smoker mom from like the 50s up into like a yeah. heavy smoker just yeah. you walk in and a thick cloud hits you in the face. Wafting. <laughs> Wafting. Wafting. Yep. Yeah. Grab a Kool-Aid. Probably lets the kids drink beers. Not only at home. Yep. I don't know where she's from. She's from the East Coast. And <laughs> All right. So back to the heist. So what is wild is how these men caught these employees off guard. So these employees, this is a, a big building in the north side of Boston, and it's three stories tall. Boston. Boston. And they are on the second story. Three stories tall? Yes. They're and the, the employees are on the second story, and the doors are all locked up. So it's not like these guys just like... Like, oh, the door's open. Let's check it out. Like, this is clearly yeah. planned. They also had to get to three to four locked doors that, like, all have separate locks on them. Right. To get to these employees that are in the vault. So, it is wild that somehow these guys got here right when the employees had the vault open. Inside job. And it was closed. So, that's what that's one of the theories. Yeah. Okay. So, the masked men, um, a few of them have guns. And they get all the employees together. They tell them to lie on the floor. They tie them up with rope and they put tape on their mouths. And so then they get to Kraken getting all these bags and things piled up by the doors. Yeah. 
However, while they're doing this, the door starts, they start hearing a buzzing and they can't figure out what it is. So they take the tape off of one of the people's mouths and they're like, oh, that's like uh, an attendant in the garage that's connected. Snitching. Try, no, trying to come in. And right. the attendant has no idea what's going on. So then the robbers are thinking about like, we're going to have to capture this dude. But luckily he... Why t- is the coworker out here snitching on... I wouldn't say anything. I'd be like, I don't know what that is. But, uh, I don't know. You got guns in your face? I'm still going to be like, I don't know, man. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Well, that was not this guy. He was scared. Um, luckily, the attendant walked away, and so they proceeded. Right. Um, there also were four guns, four revolvers, that the robbers took from the Brinks building, which I'm like... It was unclear to me anything else, but, like, are the bankers packing heat? Like, is that what we're doing in the 50s? Maybe back then. Or, like, we just have little extra guns lying about. Mm-hmm. I assume it's just, like, in the children's toy section, <laughs> playing with whatever. Um, so, anyway, um, it's the whole idea. This guy has no idea that, like, the crime of the century is happening, so he gets away. Okay. Yeah. So the getaway drivers are waiting in the garage and it takes just 30 minutes for the five masked men to load up the getaway truck. And per the FBI website, quote, they'd stolen more than 1.2 million in cash and another 1.5 million in checks and other securities, making it the largest robbery in U.S. at the time. Okay. So I translated 1950s dollars to 2024 dollars. Right. Okay. So the $1.2 million in cash is worth $15.4 million today. Wow. Then $1.5 million in checks and other securities is worth $19.2 million today. So in total, they stole the equivalent of $34.6 million in today's money. Hi, Lola. That right. is absolutely bonkers. I know. And Not how barnacles, many men- bonkers. Okay. <laughs> how many men were it? Um, was it? Well, we're going to find out, but what all that they saw were the five men that's that were in the building. To, that's a good split. Well, just listen up because it gets crazy here. All right. So um, I did. Oh, also um, that history.com said 14 canvas bags with cash, coins, and checks and, and money orders for a total weight of more than half a ton. So I did the math on it, and we've got 14 bags splitting half a ton. That's 71 pounds a piece. Yeah. So I feel like cops were like, be on. I don't know. That wasn't the noise. (laughs) Yeah, that's the one. There you go. Not. Yeah. Sorry. Sounds like a queef. (laughs) You don't know who's running the police scanner. But anyway, be on the lookout for five jack dudes wearing freaking creepy masks. Redo it. Give me a Boston accent, though. I can't do a Boston accent. Go on, accent. give it your best try. Gary Busey. Harvard Yard, get on it. <laughs> There's four men, five. That's more Jersey. I'm going to have to work on my Boston accent, That's okay. please. Sorry, yeah. everyone. All right. Um, so police quickly arrive on the scene, but they have no leads and they really have no evidence. Um, all that's left is the testimony of these five people who got tied up. Um, there's one chauffeur's cap that got left behind. And like the rope and the tape that had been used to incapacitate. That's it. They have nothing else. And so they get to work. Um, Oh, they also found out that the robbers had taken those four guns. So they did document the serial numbers in case they ever popped up anywhere. Happened upon guns. Yeah. Yeah. Again, to tie it back. Um, All right. So um, Stephanie Chereau wrote a book um, called The Crime of the Century, How the Brinks Robbers Stole Millions in the Hearts of Boston. And she was interviewed for an article by GBH that I found uh, on their website. And she said, quote, the crime was considered the perfect crime. It wasn't like the robbers knocked off the local church or the local orphanage. They picked up a big company who could afford it. And in the minds of many to lose this money. So people took uh, perverse pride in it. Mm. And most importantly, she says, no one had even been killed or hurt. The scant evidence left, one cap and one length of rope, provided no help to the cops. The crime made headlines across the country. So I love that people were like, we can't fuck afford with them. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stick it to the man. Yeah. Um, and so I'm not like condoning this, but it did make me think of season one of PE Blinders. Everybody, let's be, everybody loves a bank robber story, right? Yeah. No one got hurt. Because nobody's, as long as, yeah, as long as nobody's getting hurt and you're just ripping off, like, ah, it's kind of badass. I know. You know what I mean? I think everybody thought that too. They're like, you like really 
did amazing. And so, yeah. but I don't know if you remember season one in Peaky Blinders when they're going to have like the street fight and the bartender's talking to Tommy Shelby and he's like, everybody around here, we want you to win this battle. You're bad men, but you're our bad men. Yeah, that's and how I'm they like, felt, I get right? goosebumps. I'm like, you're <laughs> our bad men. That's right. All right, Lola, I love you, but you have to sit in your chair. The FBI is quickly brought in and investigators are thinking like exactly what you said. Like, is this an inside job? Because how did they know the timing? Shit was executed perfectly. It was. Exactly. How'd they get through all the fucking locked doors? Like, did someone let them in? Also, it seemed like they knew about the guns, right? Yeah. That is an interesting point, too, that I did not think about. You Mm -hmm. always think of stuff that I didn't get, and I love that. Um, Okay. So FBI, immediately they start thinking like, well, we got to talk to everybody in the Brinks building. Um, but also we need to, so like they start talking to if they worked on the floor, if they worked in the offices, if they were drivers, parking attendants, you know, trying to get to the bottom of that. But there's also a ton of people that live near the Brinks building. So they have around it what's called tenement housing. Do you know what that is? No. Um, I kind of thought I knew, but you know, I got to look it up because I want to make sure. That's right. Um, okay. So give me the rundown. Um, and I looked on investopedia.com and it said, quote, a tenement can refer to any multi-occupancy residential rental building. However, the term is associated most, o- most often with crowded rundown buildings with low quality living conditions. Tenement buildings date back to the growth of the Industrial Revolution in the 19th century um, because of the sudden influx of people moving into the cities. So there's stuff in people in buildings. Right. Yeah. So you think about like... That takes a long time to try to find everybody who lives in those buildings to see if somebody saw something. You've got people yeah. working distracted, in and out all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a big job also. And they don't really just have a lot of leads. Um, so investigators also start looking at, like, the usual suspects. So we're looking at the criminal underbelly um, to see, like, is some type of gang, you know, local gang activity crew did right. this. They're coming up with nothing. So then they're like, all right, well, let's look at like all the money that got stolen. Those were deliveries, some were checks written to people. And let's talk to everybody, like all the companies or people who submitted stuff and say like, what did the packaging look like? What were numbers documented? Who was stuff written to? Right. So that way, if something pops up, they can find it. And I think they were telling like other financial institutions, like look for yeah, the shit. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So we are covering people in the building, people near the building, looking for the money, looking for the guns. What's left? How about people spending money? Okay, so you're flush with cash. Maybe you want to go make some purchases. I got all this money I'm fucking sitting on. Let me just pop Mm -hmm. a few bills out. So they're looking for like people making unusual large purchases, checking out casinos. Again, like nothing really comes of that. Okay, but about a getaway car because these people loaded up some type of vehicle and drove away. And um, while they were doing interviewer uh, interviews, investigators got a hot tip. And so, again, this was from that FBI article. And it said, through the interviews of persons in the vicinity of the Brinks offices on the evening of January 17, 1950, the FBI learned that a 1949 green Ford stake body truck with a canvas top had been parked near the Prince Street door of Brinks at approximately the same time of the robbery. Mm. From the size of the loot and the number of the men involved, it was logical that the gang might have used a truck, and this lead was pursued intensively. So a little bit of a lead to look for a truck. <laughs> like, look for a green truck. We think truck. they're using a truck, but could have been a van. Did they have vans in the 1950s? Yeah, you're, that might be actually accurate. They might not. I don't know anything about cars, so maybe. Some sort of big vehicle. Sure, I'm sure. sure they can even clown it into a car, you know what I mean? <laughs> I like to clown it into a car. Thank you. Um, all right. So then investigators also ask for tips, yeah. which that's like a mixed bag because you get a lot of people who like want to be helpful, but mm-hmm. then you also get just anyone like, reporting anything. Weird. And you have a lot to track stuff down and they this look guy at looked stuff. at me funny on, on that day. Yeah. You know? Yep. I just, so who knows what they're getting, but then not everyone is helping out out of the goodness of their heart either. Brinks put out a reward for information that led to arrest and convictions. And that reward was to the tune of a hundred thousand dollars, which in today's money, uh, about $1.28 million. That's a solid reward. Like bitch, I might've seen something. Yeah. So interesting. All right. So um, we're going to timeline out this next part a little bit. We're going to okay. finish kind of talking about the investigator side, and then we're going to dive into what happened. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. A reminder. The crime took place on January 17th, 1950. 
On February 4th, so 18 days after the robbery, a group of boys are playing in an area called Mystic River uh, in Somerville, Massachusetts, and they find a rusted revolver. Oh, okay. So thanks, robbers, for just fucking discarding it where children play, I guess. Yeah. I don't, whatever. Um, but that. You couldn't find a better way to get rid of that. Somebody's going to find it. Right. I hope they scratched off the cereal. They probably they didn't. They sure didn't because it got linked back to the robbery. So gun number one found. Yeah. But no other info. Then the next day, February 5th, 1950, a police officer also of Somerville, Massachusetts, finds a second revolver that also ends up being tied back to the robbery. Where'd you find it? I don't know. It didn't say. <sighs> but he found Seems it. Seems like they're just... Dumping it wherever. Revolver, as revolver, revolver, <laughs> revolver. I think they said it just like that. <laughs> That's great. Thank revolver, you. revolver, revolver, revolver. Shake <laughs> oh, my little cigar. <laughs> All right. Um, so then, okay, March 4th, so fast forward a month, after they found the two revolvers, investigators find pieces of the getaway truck in Stoughton, Massachusetts. Something interesting to pieces, note. Pieces, huh? Pe- oh, yeah. Just wait to hear what happened to the truck. Okay, so those first guns are like north of Boston. Yeah. I kept looking at the map. This is south of Boston. Just interesting also. Um, okay. Chopped it up, I'm assuming. They did. Okay. Um, it looks like the robbers um, split it up. Um into pieces and then they burned it and then they put the pieces in like canvas bags what the fuck i know okay. they went through all that to get rid of the fucking car but you did willy-nilly the fucking revolver 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 you need a revolver he's a revolver for you son revolver well you yeah. kids need a revolver i bet you do <laughs> yeah but the fucking car is in bags now the ground was frozen because this is massachusetts and it's the very beginning of March still. It's cold outside. And so investigators speculate that they probably would have tried to bury the pieces of the car. I don't know. Like, were there shovels? Like, why they thought that? The canvas or, bags, maybe. Was that not enough to hide them? And why not spread out the bags? Bag, revolver, bag, bag revolver. revolver. <laughs> I don't understand. Um, I don't get it. Uh, it seems like they're spending their time doing their energy and time on what they think Maybe they're looking f- what the people are looking for and what can tie them to the case versus they're like, oh, these revolvers can't tie us to shit. When in reality, yet a hundred percent it can. Well, I don't. We're not doing like fingerprinting or anything. No, but there's back a then. trail, right? You're leaving a map of where you're going. Are you? Because the guns are up north, the car is in pieces down south. Oh. That we somehow just like put up, like we dumped a puzzle out, but all together, and you're like, well, this is still obviously a puzzle. <laughs> like this is still a car, but yeah. good job. Interesting. A lot of effort for nothing, I feel like. Well, I mean. You got rid of fingerprints and whatever other stuff is in the car, but they still found the car. They sure did, but they didn't really do much with it. There was nothing to be done. Yep. Okay. All right. So this is, we've talked about the crime, the investigation. Now let's get into what actually happened. Um, Yes. Okay. So. First, we're going to start with the who. The crew consisted of actually 11 people. Still a solid split. Yeah, it is. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to I'm gonna tell you who all was involved. You don't need to memorize these people. I'm going to keep us going. Like, it's too many people. No one needs to fucking remember. Yeah. Okay, so first up, the criminal mastermind of the whole thing. Oh, also, most of these people have super cool nicknames or m- mediocre m- nicknames, but, like, I get excited about this. Okay, so first up, the criminal mastermind of the whole thing. Tony Fats Pino. Tony Fats Pino. Hey, yep. Fats! First of all, I'm like, don't ever call... That would make me cry. <laughs> like, what a mean nickname. What's up, Fats? What's up, Chunky? <laughs> and I'm like, hmm. I wouldn't be yeah. a good bad guy that way. So these dudes seem like they're Italian, sort of, maybe. Uh, Fats is like, I think of like mob relate. Hey, Fats. Well, these guys are all involved in the criminal underbelly. We'll get to. Okay. My point is just like... Certain gangs have stupid fucking names, right? Like sure. Also, I like feel little like, spooky. I think that's adorable. I would love that to be mine. Where is little spooky? <laughs> it just doesn't sound intimidating. I mean, Fats doesn't either, but just Fats is. I'm like, what's up, Fats? Ah, it's simple. Uh, I got some revolvers. I want you to toss around like confetti. Maybe they're all dumb. Fats is actually the more I ponder on it, and I'm comparing it to little spooky. Where did you come up with Little Spooky? I don't know. I'm just throwing shit out there. It. Maybe there's not. It's like the cutest. Maybe we start a gang. I was going to ask you, what would your nickname be? I've always seen those things where it's like, it's the color of your t-shirt and the last thing you ate. So mine would be Black Taco Bell. 
or black burrito. <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to have black in your nickname. My shirt's black, man. I don't know. Uh, okay. Would, try to get try be? to get uncanceled. Be like, well, my shirt was. Yeah. Okay. What would mine be? Well, remember when we first started dating and we were joking that my because I giggle all the time that Lil my gigs. my gang name would be Lil Gigs. So Lil Gigs. I love that. Yeah. Lil Spooky's cute too, but Lil Gigs is. Yeah. Mine. I would say fats for me, but it's taken. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? No. Know. All right. Well, uh, next up is Vincent Costa, and I'm going to call him the lookout. I gave them like what their roles were. So we've got. So that's not his nickname, though. No, that's Because you mine. said they had cool nicknames. No, not everybody has a nickname. Vincent Costa doesn't, but I'm okay. calling him the lookout. Because okay. spoiler alert, he was the lookout. We'll get to that. Okay, third up are the robbers. So there are actually seven people that entered the building that night. Some of them also have nicknames. First is Joseph Specs O'Keefe. So he's Specs. I'm assuming he wore glasses. Yeah. My oh. f- fats and specs. They're yeah. Quite literal on what they. You really aggressively. Freckles. Liked- <laughs> That's good. He's got freckles. Freckles. Little ducky. Yeah. Mole. Because he's got moles on his neck. <laughs> hey, what's that? Austin Powers like, guacamole. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> He like sees somebody who has a mole on his face and then Oh he mole 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 mole. Oh maybe that was it. That maybe was he it. didn't say guacamole. Guacamole. <laughs> maybe. Fucking Okay, so then we have Stanley uh Guskiora, which I think it his nickname should be Goose, but he didn't have one. That would be fucking gangster. Yeah. Okay, then we have Henry Baker, and for him I gave him a nickname and it's Patty Cake. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> he's a baker, isn't he's not a baker, his nickname. His last is. name is Baker. Yeah. And I just thought it was cute. Okay. I don't think any of these guys are going for cute nicknames, but anyway. They got them now. All right. Then we have Adolf. You heard it here. Adolf Jazz uh, Maffey, which I get you can't be rolling around with a first name Adolf. Yeah. Like someone let his family know that we are not doing that. That shit's been canceled even in the 50s, Even in the 50s, but whatever. Um, Okay. Then we have Michael Geegan, James Faherty, and Thomas Sandy Richardson. Sandy, do you think he got sand in his crotch? Okay, but I put, why didn't he go by Sandy Dick? Ah, that's great Right? Also. Sandy Richardson, missed opportunity. That's okay, though. All right, so the next person, uh, again, I'm calling him this. No one else called the cleaner. So this is Joseph Big Joe McGinnis, and he is in charge of cleanup, and he's actually like one of the co-planners. His nickname is Big Joe? Big Joe. Because Fats was fucking taken. <laughs> He's like, I'm fat too. And they're like, no, no. But you're big, big. Joe. You're big, big Joe. Good Fats job. is already taken. You guys are both great. Fats times two. What would you call another fat person? Fats. Big boy. Big big Joe. Really? And that's it? Yeah. But I was Well, like, uh, don't let's not forget our well-esteemed fat Joe of current times. Oh, yeah. Got to do. Got to do with it. With it. Okay. What's love? Is that yeah. fat Joe? That's Jaw Rule. Oh. That's fucking jaw yeah. rule. See, put you come a little closer and put you under my arm like a don is supposed to. Almost as bad as your Carrie <laughs> <Busey> impersonation. <laughs> but that's Fat Joe who does that part. I jaw swear, rule doesn't do that part. Is jaw rule in the song though? I thought it was an only a jaw rule song, but I don't listen to jaw rule so. So sit down, pipe down. I promise you, I just did Fat Joe's part. All right. Okay. Anyway, back to Fat Joe in the fucking building. (laughs) Uh, Basically, I did a perfect impression. Okay. Last up, we have Joseph Fanfield, who I think was one of the getaway drivers. It was a little bit hard to see some people's uh, pieces in this, but there's our lineup. All right. So how did we get to this point? Uh, I'm going to be honest. As we gather people, this feels a little Ocean's Eleven-y to me. Like we're just pulling people in. Mm -hmm. Okay. So remember Tony Fats? Pino. Yes. Okay. So the robbery happens in 1950. Three years before that, he starts getting in his mind. Brinks might be a good place uh, to steal from. So um, Fats does. Fats does. You already stole from it. What do you mean it would be a good place? This is three years before the oh, robbery. Oh, before. Okay. See, I glazed over that. You sure did. And I was like, I will put the dates in here to keep you on track. And you said three years. Fucking catch prior me if you can. to the actual robbery. <laughs> yes, he okay. gets this so idea. So they've been planning this shit for a fucking cool minute. Fats. It came in. It came to Fats. Fats been sitting on it. He been. Yep. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a hefty load. <laughs> yes. Okay. So he's like no rookie when it comes to criminal activities. Yep. He's known as a case man. So he cases the joint, you know, right. before. Okay. So this WGBH uh, article that I read said 
um, it was quoting that woman, Stephanie Shoro, who wrote that book. And it said, um, it was the money that caught small time crook and master lockpick Tony Pino's eye. For more than a year, he meticulously studied the layout of the building, the timing of the truck deliveries, and the behavior of the employees. The ideas of the Brinks was that the guys would go in at a precise moment when all the money had been brought into the office, but before it was locked in the safe. That is fucking dedication. Yes. He's playing a real long game. But, good God, man. I've been holding that fucker in, and I was like, it needs to come out. And it did. Exercise that burp demon. Did that shit away. You did, but. Call me little burps. (laughs) Little gassies. Nope. No. Nope. <laughs> That's you blowing beef. Shut up. Okay. Um, so then uh, Fats knew like he's not going to be able to do this by himself. And so he approaches Big Joe McGinnis. And Big Joe is like a well-known Fellow criminal. fatty. Yep. And Big Joe uh, is oh, well-known in the it. criminal underworld in Boston. Yep. But he's like kind of high up in the food chain, it sounds like, okay. of people. So Big Joe says, you son of a bitch, I'm in. And they decide, like, let's keep planning this out and get our crew together. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to call Big Joe, say he's the co- co-leader here. Um, the WGBH article calls the other nine members, quote, a team of neighborhood pickpockets, hoods, and money launderers. So I'm just picturing, like, this ragtag team of criminals, like, mighty ducks, like, mm-hmm. like just fucking individual, recruiting. they're okay, but, like, we got to work to, like, you know, quack, 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 quack. Uh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Like, anyway. s- alone, we do all right, but, but together. Five fingers make a fist. Uh, What's that from? I don't fucking know, but I like it. Five fingers make a fist, like obviously. Five fingers, five fingers, and a pinky toe make a robbery. I thought you were going to say five fingers and a fist to your face. Oh. For some reason, I don't know. I was picturing punches. You were thinking little gigs was talking to you, but that's it's, right. Rest assured, it's just me. So that's wild. They, they're not even part of the same crew, which no. is crazy because... You think of like a gang and you think of like a tight knit group of dudes that don't mess with another gang, right? But these dudes are just Yep. One dude from this gang. Maybe they're not even gay. Maybe they're just all like They're criminals. They're all criminals. But, but low like, crim right, like a uh, bottom of the food chain kind of criminals yeah. by themselves. Yep. So they, they band together. Yes. And create the fucking Power Rangers of robbery. <laughs> That's right. Um, okay, so initially I read they just wanted to burgle the place. And burgle? burgle? What's that? Like a burglary. So a, <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds funny, but so a burglary is like when you break in and steal something. But a, I know. Yeah, okay. But a robbery is when you are like actively taking it from someone, like you're assaulting or like. Guns in the face type shit. Yeah, thing. that, well, that makes it armed robbery, but so yeah. a burgle. No people are involved. It's like you break in and steal something. Just a burgle. A burgle. Classic burgle. <laughs> I've never heard that. <laughs> burgle. No people. We just went in for a clean burgle. Clean burgle. You would still, people still to this day call it a burglary. Well, yeah, it is a burglary. But because there's no people. But you people, won't say, I burglaried. I, you'd say I burgled the place? I fucking burgled the place. No wonder we call it hitting a lick. Much better. Hitting the lick? Hitting a lick. I hit a lick. I uh, robbed the joint. I hit the lick. Yeah. Or what? I robbed the joint. Yeah. I've never heard someone say, I hit the lick. Not, I hit the lick. I hit a lick. I hit a lick. Yeah. What? Where yeah. did you learn that, California? Rhymes, dude. <laughs> like rhymes, comma, busta? What? <laughs> like busta rhymes? Rhymes, <laughs> I don't think Buster Rhymes said it, but some new, I don't know. I heard it, and I swear I urban dictionary did. I'm going to fucking do Hold on. Just so we're clear. It just sounds like something somebody put in their Tinder profile. Like, hey, come over. Hit a lick. Hit a lick. It sounds sexual. Right. That's yes. what I meant. Urban but, dictionary. Go on. Hit a lick. Okay. I just hit a lick on some... Is that Chicho's? Chico's? <laughs> Chicho's. Chico's. <laughs> <laughs> to hit a lick. <laughs> <laughs> to, hit, <laughs> to hit a lick means that you are going to or already have gained money or something worth of money value, most likely illegally or stealing. So yeah. I can't get past Chicos. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Chicos? Chicos. I you're like, I know Spanish. You've told me that before, and you just said Chichos. Chichos. <laughs> I was like, is that Chicho's? 
Oh, oh man. Anyway, so yes, hit a lick, bro. It's much better than I fucking burgled the place. <laughs> it it would sound better. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Yep. It's questionable. It sounds sexual. Cheetos. Oh, All right. All right. Okay. So this crime took a lot of planning. And so for basically two years, Pino's casing the place. He's watching the deliveries, just like what that thing said. Like he's watching everything, making yeah. note of everything. Um, and so how is he seeing this also? I think he must be able to see through the window and we're going to come back to this, but I'm like, how can he even tell what all the employees are doing? I'm sure he's going in. Well, yeah, but you're not going into like the se- sequestered, secluded, whatever, you know, the blocked off areas. Yeah. Okay. So the um, case in the joint, he's he doing is, whatever, whatever he's doing to case. All right. So they knew there's an alarm system. So this, these guys, or at least some of them, they break into the alarm company's office they steal the alarm company plans, note down what they see, and they fucking put them back, and nobody even knows they took oh, them. Oh, classic know. bait and switch type shit. I don't know if it was a bait and switch. I don't know if they put like a bait and put a back. bag of Cheetos there in place of the map. <laughs> classic 1950s Cheetos. Yeah, or not map, but planes. And like that's wild though. That right? is crazy. Um, Went through a lot. They're like, okay. Yes, so playing the long game. Also, I don't know where this falls into the story, but I did read one place that they actually were going to, the building moved. So while they're in the midst of all this planning. The, the whole shit gets switched <laughs> up. They're like, fuck, all our work, bro. Redo. Well, I don't, so that's why it probably took even longer. They're like, well, now yeah. we got to fucking start from scratch again. Yes, yes. What changed? So I don't know when that happened. That makes it even more gangster. The fact that the building changed and they're like, we're still. We're still doing it. They put too much time in. Yeah. Okay, so then they learn about the locked doors. And so... No more locked doors, I say. What? That's from Friday. Oh. I, I thought you were still on Chicho's. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then they learn, like, there are multiple doors they have to get through. Each one has a different lock, so they can even get to the vault. Is it like key cards? No. It's 1950. So no key cards. No, so no... <laughs> you seem like you were unclear still. No key cards. I feel like that's not... It doesn't take that much like technology a, for a key card. I feel like the 1950s could have that. They... With all the computers they had lying about? <laughs> God damn it, I'm dumb. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just move past that. Fuck. All right. So this is what they do. And this is in um, consecutive nights. They break in. They go to the first door that's locked. They take the lock off. They, that night, no. have someone make a key to fit in that lock. Return the lock. Put the lock back in place. The next night, now they open the first door. They go and they steal the second lock. How have are someone, they stealing it? I don't know. But They're I'm, breaking into the place, into the bank at night. Yes. Stealing a lock. That is fucking bonkers. I know. You are stealing a lock off of a bank. But I'm a, leaving. Right. Getting a copy of a key made. Putting it back. And then and the then next night, do it again. To steal a lock is crazy, too. If a door is locked, how do you get it off from the other side? Like I don't know, but like Fats was is, a lock pick, and he wasn't the only one. They knew how to do this. But I'm assuming they needed the keys because they didn't have time to do this shit slow that night. Right, so they're that's like, fucking gangster. I know. I knew you were going to love this yeah. part. Like, that's wild. So they do this multiple nights in a row till they've got keys for all the doors. Talk about sweating fucking bullets, too, because you're... In there, you're breaking into a fucking bank, and you're not even stealing the money. You're just stealing the fucking lock and hoping nobody yeah. sees you and shit. You got to be all inconspicuous. Yes, that's fucking wild. Is that how you creep around with this move? This is it. Oh my gosh, Emmett <clears throat> used to do that when he was um like little toddler, and he wanted to be sneaky instead yeah. of like hiding. He would go on his tiptoes and walk like this. Yeah, that's the classic. Like the Grinch. See, even children know it. That's the fucking. <laughs> so I picture them still in the locks yeah, on their like, tiptoes. Deep, deep, Yep. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, now they've got all the locks. They know the alarms system. They know the ins and outs. They know everything. And so um, now then they practice. Okay. That's the next thing is they practice over and over again what they're going to do. And they actually tried this, the actual break in. It's like a theater class. <laughs> yes. Places, everyone. Fats, <laughs> you're up. Stage right. Or whatever. Better than you're up. Stage right. (laughs) Um, So they practice and they actually like abort the mission multiple times because they're like something wasn't right that night. They are fucking dope. They're like, nah, my intuition says it ain't right. Yep. And so they wait. So January 17th, this is the night. And so this is what happens. Everybody's feeling good about it. Everybody's good. So we've got our lookout. 
He's a man named Vincent Costa, and he is posted up in the building across the street, and he is watching. So we've got our guys on the ground, and they have their costumes on. They're waiting with their masks ready to pull down. Mm -hmm. And when he sees that the employees are opening the vault, he flashes his flashlight. And they see it like a fucking little bat signal, and they're like, fucking go time. And they pull the masks down. They go into the building. Storm the fucking... Well, they're quiet, but yes. Quietly storm. They go all through all these locked doors. I just picture like... the shit. Yep. That's their noise. They make... I like that. (laughs) And so then they surprise the employees. They go through it 30 minutes, and they are... Surprise, motherfucker! Yep. I bet that's what they said. Small fries, motherfucker! (laughs) Large size, motherfucker. You're so weird. Okay, so... Um, Small eyes, motherfucker. Let's see. You don't know that meme, do you? I don't. Okay, wait. Hold on. I got another thing. Okay, so that really it was 10 people that were there that night. There was one person. Our number 11 was Big Joe. And so um, a Yahoo article I read said, the only one who stayed away that night was the co-ringleader, McGinnis, who spent his evening dining out in the presence of a Boston police detective as part of the crew's alibi. So... I don't know if he was having dinner with him or he was having dinner in the same location, making sure he was seen. I feel like that's such a bitch ass thing for him to do. Like, oh, we need an alibi. So I'm going to sit by the police. What? I hope his cut was fucking the most minimal of everybody. You put in no work. You maybe put in work before then. But when it when like it push came to shove and it was time to get your hands dirty, you're going to sit and have make sure the police officer sees you. You're not even part of the same crew. This is you guys are handpicked from different places so like it's not like well he like, was like the co whatever like that's an alibi for him only that's what I thought I'm like well how the fuck does that help the rest of the ten dudes like they're not there with you I was there uh, with him and the officer saw me but the other guys were all in the bathroom all eleven of them <laughs> he's just sitting at this huge table <laughs> it's just and every time him. the officer looks away he like takes a little bite <laughs> or he drinks a little drink and then he runs and sits back down he's like yeah. fucking got this covered he's like oh bring me something from the bar and the detective yeah, runs to the like, bathroom changes outfits and sits down in another <laughs> mustache on another seat and they're like oh we keep missing each other god nab it he's like dang it i just missed fats <laughs> fats again oh yep. yeah i don't know how he did it but i also thought that seemed weird yes okay so um once the robbery is complete they all drive off and then um big joe to finishes up his nice meal for 11 people apparently um meets up with them and they all give like all of their disguises to him he's in charge of getting rid of the disguises and getting rid of the now car. he's getting his hands a little dirty it's but the he's heat like, is hot, not hot actually he probably could have buried the car pieces but he's like i am fucking stuffed he's like i'm ready to crash i need to go home <laughs> i got the and- fucking meat sweats <laughs> i had to drink so many bottles of wine to make was it, it look big like joe here. who was sitting there yeah big joe you know that boy grubbed he said i'm gonna enjoy this yeah, I just pictured him with like a pinky ring. I hope he had a pinky ring. Uh, one that's a little too small for his pinky though, and it's bulging, but it's fucking, and it's a big silver or no, gold, it's gold fucking ring. He has a gold. Thin gold chain getting caught in his neck. Ew. <laughs> all right, well, maybe it's longer. I don't know. All right. So the guys all split up the money and they go their separate ways. And they agree not to spend the money for two years to keep the heat off of them. Smart. Something else I didn't mention. The statute of limitations immediately starts running when they do this robbery. And they have six years where they need to not get caught. Six years. That's it. And then they can start spending the money and they can't do it. And they can do whatever the fuck they want. They cannot be prosecuted for this crime. Can they they take the money from them after six years? I don't think so. I so don't know. So they can just come out after six years and be like, we robbed it. I, I think so. Make it rain. I mean, that's probably not smart. I don't know if they have other things they can get you on. But like, yeah, they have six years. So keep your heads down. They say they're not going to spend money for two years, not I six. guarantee you some of them fucking slipped up and spent some money. Well, it's 11 people. Someone's going to fuck up. And I put, however, criminal's going to criminal. Yeah. So even though they agreed not to spend the money for two years and they know they need to lay low for six years, um... It's hard to keep 11 criminals in check. out of trouble, right? Yep. Yep. And so odds are someone's going to fuck up. And that happens. So the robbery, again, takes place on January 17th, 1950. And five months later, we're in June. And two guys are already in fucking trouble was with it the specs? law. It was Spex! I fucking knew it! <laughs> ah, let's go, dude. <laughs> fucking blew my ears out. Sorry. What? How did you know? <laughs> I just was picturing Spex. I just, I, as you were telling me, the people, I like painted a picture in my mind of and like what. And you just what, painted a little bitch vibe. I just painted a little bitch vibe like he's like not going to listen or like going to get hard. Like times are hard. I need to. 
need a couple hundred bucks. Buy me some new glasses. I don't know what he's buying the money. I don't know what he's doing. Sure, but sure. I picture him fucking up. I picture it was him, and I pictured fucking one of the, uh, one of the fat dudes fucking up. It's not one of them. They are better criminals, in my opinion. No, no, the dude, the alibi thing. Uh, yeah, I thought he was maybe a dumb big dumb Joe or a scared. Like I thought maybe he gets caught doing a different crime and then tries mm. to be like, I can tell you who robbed. Well, let so me just so. tell you what happened, man. Yeah. All right. So, Joseph Spex O'Keefe and Stanley Guscoria, who... Oh, Goose. Or Goose Kiora, who's Goose, but not, you know, Goose. Yeah. They um, get in trouble, um, let's see, for... Busted for robbery in Pennsylvania. That's what I put. I put, it's been five months and these dum-dums both get busted for robbery in Pennsylvania. Dum-dums. You're sitting on all that money and you still got to... But you can't fucking spend any of it. You got to pay bills. But like you fucking can't work at the supermarket or something for a hot minute to then be set for life. Hell no. They're like, bro, I only do crimes. Strictly crime. Like, have you seen my resume? I only know lockpicking. That's it. Stupid. Okay. So they both uh, get jail time for this. That's fine. Uh, But lawyers aren't cheap and it's not the only trouble uh, that Speck gets into. And so he's starting to rack up bills from his defense lawyers because he keeps getting caught for shit and getting thrown in jail. So at some point, one of the times he goes to jail, he realizes he needs someone to like watch his stash. Like he can't. So he gives it to some of the guys in the group. And then when he comes back out. That's not smart. He said, bro, this is 2K short, which is $26,000 in today money. said that like, well, my money is short. But what do you expect? You're giving it to criminals, bro. Well. And I get you are a crew for a cool minute. But that's it. Yeah. That was it. You, you guys think, didn't get best friend necklaces. Hell no. Nah. You might think that, but they're criminals, mm. bro. They're going to rob you yep. if they can. Yeah. So he's pissed about this. Uh, and I don't know if he actually was short on money or he just thinks he's short on money. That part was never clear to me. Yeah. But either way, he's pissed off. So then he gets in trouble again. And I put it ends up back in the clink and he has to leave his money with his homies again. This time when he gets out, uh, it's even worse because he gets out and the guys say, I'm super sorry about this, but it's gone. You had like, we kept sending you money for your lawyers and then we had it hidden, but like somebody found the hiding spot and they took the rest. So I'm so sorry, but your money's gone. And he is how much was the split pissed. too? I mean, you probably didn't do the math, but it was of course a lot it's of, the one math I didn't do. But well, it's got to be a lot of fucking money. So yep. I'm just running. I would be upset. So, but also he's a dumb dumb for you. Keep getting caught, bro. Two years. It can't be that hard. Yes. Well, it's hard for him apparently. I fucking knew it. Yep. All right. So now he is fuming at this point, and he is saying that like, um, you know, he has nothing to show for it. Basically, he's probably like, like you guys better. Come That's together exactly and give it. me a little bit of money. Yep. And so I said, he decides he still deserves something from that robbery. Like he put in all that work and now he has nothing to show for it. It's your fault. Fucking spec. Yep. So he starts to meet with different members of the crew, kind of trying to shake him down. Yeah. And I guess he, I don't know if he was like a big dude or just kind of scary or what, but like he's trying to intimidate them to give him money being like, you guys need to help make up for what got stolen. Cause you were supposed to watch my shit. And everybody's like, sucks to suck but yeah, that was fuck you dude that's your fault you got in jail whatever like this is You're your the one problem that keeps getting caught dude not us yep it's not my job to babysit your fucking child yeah. aka your money your money baby yeah, yeah. so um I, now we're uh in may 1954 so it's about four and four a half years, years. four yeah. and a half years yep after the robbery great job i saw you like i got this one, got this one. <laughs> um and so we're about an, a year and a half out out of the statue of limitations still like yeah but it's been past two years so they're able they're spending their money yeah they are they can spend their money now Specs apparently has been spending it anyway on his lawyers, lawyers and, and now he's really fucked if he gets caught for something. Also, if I'm watching your fucking money, dude, I am charging you. I am taking fucking a little five or ten percent off the top interest as me having to fucking watch your shit. Yeah, yeah. you fucked up. I'm taking. You're paying me for this. Yeah, that's fair. Boom. I don't think Specs would have liked it, but I think that that's makes what sense. I told him. All right. So, uh, Spex is pissed now because he's like, I got to do something more than these shakes, shakedowns. Stronger action is needed because 
no one's fucking doing, you know, anything yep. like to give me money. So um, he decides that Fats should be helping him out as the leader of this gag. And you're our dad. <laughs> dad needs some money. And so uh, to encourage Fats to help him, he kidnaps Vincent Costa. You'll recall Vincent was the lookout for the group uh, who flashed the flashlight. Just steals him. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I'll take him. Well, here's the deal. Vincent is also Fats's cousin or his brother-in-law, both unclear. I had mm. somehow he is related to Fats, yeah. though. Um, meanwhile, to me, uh, as the lookout, he's like the kicker on the football team, mm-hmm. where it's like he's not on all the time, but when it's his fucking time to shine, he handles it's it. really riding on him, right? With the yeah. flashlight, just not important. But anyway, um, okay. So Fats pays the ransom to Specs, and Specs lets Vincent go. I can't imagine that Vincent's you, real happy about Fats it. Let that, I mean, you let that slide. Now he thinks he can get away with anything. I bet he does more shit. Well, Fats, because he already feels like he can get away with that. He's like, oh, they're going to fucking pay me. Yeah. So what steal happens? somebody else now. Yeah. Well, Fats doesn't love this. Uh, did not appreciate being manipulated like that. And also, apparently, at some point when Specs was in prison, one of the many times he's like, hint- I think he was like writing letters to these dudes and shit, too. Kind of hinting like he might be feeling chatty with uh, investigators if they Who's can't Bex? come up with money. Yeah. And I feel like in the list of things like that's a no-no for a criminal. like Running your mouth and snitching. Acting like you're going to snitch. Like that seems, he makes a lot of bad decisions. Yeah. That seems like somebody needs to stick a knife in his neck. Wow, that's where you went so fast. <laughs> God damn. I just put myself in these dude's shoes. Like, we did a big... Like, we came together, and we pulled off something insane. Like We, we were in the there, mighty ducks of robbers. We are in there stealing locks and replacing them and doing the same thing with fucking alarm layouts. And then... We're actually getting down to business and doing the fucking thing. It's so interesting. You picked the steps to really add the emphasis on. I kept being like, yeah. oh, no, we stole $32 million. You're like, we stole the locks and we put Listen, them back. $30 million <laughs> is great. The only reason they were able to do that is all the yes. hard work before that. Yes, agreed. You know what I mean? That's yes. the highlight. So, yep. But you do all that and then you're going to sit here and fucking run your mouth to the police about me? The police? The police? Yep. Uh, so... Uh, we hit a lick together, dude. <laughs> we did. <laughs> okay, so Fats and the group talk, and they're like, this is a problem. We, we need, need to shut him up. We need to shut him up, and they send someone out to kill him. Unclear to me who is doing it at this the time. The hitman. Well, we'll get to that. Okay, three attempts are made on Speck's life, and he fucking gets out of every single fucking one. Weasel is what I picture. Yes, that's the same you thing. Goddamn snake. One of the times he was in his car, and another car rolled up, and I don't know if he just got a feeling or saw a flash of gun, but he ducked down, and like I, it is wild. So he gets out of it three times, and they're like, "Listen, this what we're doing is not working." Yeah. So I don't know if the same guy just sucks that's trying to kill him or. It's different people. It's maybe he's just that good. So they hire a hitman, Elmer Trigger Berkman. Mm, Trigger Berkman. Trigger Berkman. I feel like with a name like Trigger, you're like, that. he's going to get the job done. Yeah. It sounds like it. Sounds like it. With a name like Trigger, you don't miss. Yeah. Ooh. You know what I mean? Sounded like an ad. Like, <laughs> buy milk with vitamin D, kids. <laughs> I don't... Okay. Yeah. So, um, Trigger attempts to shoot Specs, and Specs fucking gets away. He is fucking dodging bullets he's like the mask yep. he's fucking pulling up his crotch fucking rolling back like the matrix <laughs> lifting his fucking head off his body he's just doing everything to dodge these bullets yes man. okay and so um fats uh not fats sorry uh trigger does eventually get caught because they um investigators find him with a machine gun and they tie it back to like some other crime. And he says that people hired him to kill Specs, but he doesn't say like who or anything. So that like that part doesn't really go anywhere, but Specs gets away. Then I also made a note, like, do you think trigger and the other guys who tried to get Specs, like have a little group and they're like, you're still a great bad guy. Like we all miss sometimes. (laughs) No, tomorrow will be better. (laughs) We got this. No, that's your gang. Yeah. Fats really isn't mad at you. He's disappointed, but like, it's okay. That's almost worse. I'm not (laughs) mad. I'm just disappointed. Yeah. Always Um, that's different. Tomorrow will be better, buddy. Little chin knock. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Nothing that was a different. Father-son moment. (laughs) All right. So Specs does get hurt really badly by Trigger, even though he got away. And he ends up in the hospital. All right. So now it's January 6th, 1956. And we are 
11 days before the statute of limitations runs out. They were right there. You fucking sweating. I'm sweating. Okay. And Specs is recovering in the hospital and who rolls up? The police. The motherfucking FBI. Oh, man. Now they've tried to get at him many times. 11 days. Talk about poor luck. Well, Specs has not told them anything. They've tried to get to him lots of times. He's been in and out of jail. There's been suspicions, but no one's been able to really still pin anything down. And Specs is having big feelings. He's feeling hurt. The FBI's got to be sweating 11. We have 11 days. Yeah, that's true. But Specs is feeling hurt and sad and mad. And we've got lots of big feelings. And he says, you know what? I'm feeling kind of chatty. And chatty he was. For three fucking days, he's real chatty to the FBI. He's in there talking. Three fucking days. All right. So now, it is January 12th, 1956, just five days before we've hit the statute of limitations, and the FBI starts making arrests. No fucking way. I have goosebumps. I wrote this. I know what happens. (laughs) And I still have goosebumps because they're so close. Five Five days. Five fucking days, bro. And then you're free. Yep. Scott free. Man, that's it. Specs Five was like, days. I got nothing to show for it. All right. So the first people arrested are our main man, our mastermind, Bats, Bats Pino. Co-planner and big crime boss, Big Joe. Big Joe, who was dining with the police and disposing of evidence. Vincent Costa, the cousin or brother-in-law who got kidnapped, our little flashlight man. Yep. Goose. Goose? Damn. Are you reading my notes? No, dude. I'm Damn. fucking heavy into this. You are. Okay. Yeah. And then um, three other robbers from that night, uh, Henry Baker, who I call Patty Cakes, uh, Jazz Maffey, also his name's Adolph, and then Michael Geegan. And so that's seven guys right there. Now, there's more, right? There are more. And my assumption is that they uh, charge everyone, but mm-hmm. they just don't arrest them all because yeah. they continue to make arrests. So in May, four months later, two more of the guys get arrested uh, Sandy Richardson, Sandy Dick, AKA, and Jim Spaherty. And um, Spaherty. Yep. So that's it. So that's nine uh, nine guys from the crew, uh, plus old Motormouth Specs. How much of that money do they spend, though? I'm going to get to that. All right. Uh, and Specs also back in January, he just pleads guilty. So I'm like, bruh, you didn't even get fucking immunity. And you ran all this your shit. Ma- you ran all. You talking all that shit, and you didn't even set yourself up for success. Like what? You they would have given you probably any fucking thing. You may be a weasel and be able to dodge bullets slither through the grass dude yep. but you're a fucking idiot yep dumb dumb through and through yep. now there was one person joseph banfield who i think was one of the getaway drivers he had already passed away then six months after his arrest goose stanley uh goose Giora, whose name isn't goose he also passes away in prison uh i think so yeah so that leaves nine men to prosecute for the great brinks robbery and on October 9th, 1956, uh, six years and nine months after the robbery, a jury is weighing in on the fates of all the men, except for Specs. I assume he mm-hmm. had another thing. And all of the men except Big Joe, who wasn't actually in the Brinks building, get life in prison. Life? Mm-hmm. Over some over a robbery, bro? Yep. Oh, and, fuck. Um, Big Joe was still ruled as an accessory. Specs uh, gets life? I don't know what Specs got. It didn't say. Oh, um, I assume he got a reduced sentence, but life is crazy for Spex, robbing. Specs is they didn't hurt anyone, right? No one got hurt. Life is crazy. So, and the thing is, is like, um, nope, I forgot my point. Mm. Oh, the only reason they even know anything happened is because Specs ran his mouth. They didn't know. They just had suspicions. Shut your mouth. You'd been good for fucking in what? It was eleven days. Yep. You'd been straight. Yep. Okay, so. Um, Big Joe ends up getting 12 and a half to 15 years. He gets charged with multiple things, but doesn't yeah. get life for that anyway. All right. So what about the money? Oh, side note. Also, I forgot to write this down. Brinks spent more Brinks like slash the FBI and police. It all was spent way more than the value of what was stolen to catch him, to catch them Yeah, don't give a fuck. way more. Like at that point, I'm assuming it's on principle, but okay. So what about the real money? The $34.6 million. Yeah. Okay. Well, only $58,000 was ever recovered, yeah. which is the equivalent <laughs> of $742,000. That's right. So $742,000 out of $34.6 million, whew, struggling with numbers, ever was recovered. And that At money, least they got to enjoy it a little bit. Or is it sitting somewhere? I don't know. 
So there are some rumors that it could be buried somewhere still, but no one really knows. They've never found the rest of the money. Imagine you're just out digging a pool for your new house and boom, money. Man, you'd have to put it. I mean, we watch so much Prison Break. You'd have to have it in some plastic and other stuff. It's not getting like eaten away. Yeah. Yep. Um, All right. They also made a movie about this in 1978 called The Brinks Job, which I would be interested. We need to watch. Yeah, I was thinking. The Brinks Job. Yeah. We're watching that this Um, weekend. But there's a ton of information out there, too, beyond what I even just covered. Yep. Let's try to fit in one episode. So check our show notes if you want to learn more. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a ton of great articles out there about it. So what do we think? By far, one of the coolest stories I've been told. I don't know. Really? It's fucking dope. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad. I was so excited. I'm like, I'm going to mix it up and do a different type of crime this Dude, week. Dude, I remembered all the names. Everything was just. Ah, you did. You did. I was it's putting so faces to their names. I was like, oh, I knew Specs was a little fucking weasel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, it was great. Awesome. Killed thank it. you. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Please join us each Monday for a new episode. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you guys. Yes, we appreciate you. Um, catch us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and wherever you listen to podcasts, all at Criminally Unqualified. That's right. All right, bye. All right. And that's the show.